Amen. You know, today I would uh, like to share to you on this subject of growing as disciple. Uh, growing as disciple. You know, it is so important to know that God has called us to be his disciples. Amen? To call, he has called us to be his disciples. And the scripture says um, in Matthew chapter 28, verse 18 to 20, it says, And Jesus came and spoke to them, saying, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Amen. And this is the great commission that Jesus has given us. And as someone said, you know, this great commission has become a great omission. And we need to remind ourselves, you know, that first of all, Jesus has all the authority in heaven and on earth. Amen. And when we trust in him, when we use the name of Jesus, you know, there is the power and authority that he has given us. And the other thing that he has asked us to do is go and make disciples of all nations. But before that, we need to be disciples of Jesus Christ. Now, there is a difference between a follower and a disciple. The question we need to ask is, you know, that are we the follower or disciple? Disciple in Greek is mathetes, which means a student or an apprentice. In other words, you know, disciple is the one who follows and does what his master do. You know, he, he follows the teaching of his master. He wants to do what his master do. He wants to live as his master does. So the Greek word is mathetes. But the question we need to ask is, are you a disciple or a follower. When Jesus went around and preached the good news of the kingdom of God, there were thousands of people, you know, that enjoyed his teaching and many followed him wherever he went, from place to place. There were scores of people who acknowledged that he spoke the truth. Thousands followed Jesus, but very few became his disciples. Very few became his disciples. Are you a disciple of Jesus Christ or are you a follower? A follower listens to the teachings but rarely puts that teaching into practice. But a disciple, he wants to put that teaching that he hears into practice. Secondly, a follower follows for the benefits a disciple follows even when it hurts and does not gain anything. Are you a follower or a disciple? Do you follow him 
just when everything is good, just when he answers your prayer, what happens when you are praying for something and God delays that prayer and you get frustrated, impatient, and your prayer is not answered immediately? And we so easily can blame God and stop following God. And I have seen over the years that many people, you know, have fallen on the wayside following Jesus because they refused to be his disciples. You know, I probably must have shared once about this man and woman of God called Richard and Sabina Wurmbrand. How many of you have heard their names? Quite a few. How many of you have read the book called Torture for Christ? In fact, I had the privilege of meeting this couple back in India many years back where they both had come to preach. And at that time, you know, he couldn't even stand. They put a table and he sat on a table to, he sat on it to preach. Why? Because I'll tell you in a minute what happened to him. And I still remember his wife, you know, after the meeting, she was in the bookstall and I was just standing there talking to someone and she pointed out to me and she called me and she said, you know, a few things to me, the promise of God like prophesied over me and she gave me a book written with her hand, you know, the scriptures and blessed me with that. And I still remember this couple, you know, wonderful couple, great ministry. Richard Wurmbrand, he was arrested and put in prison because he was preaching the gospel in Romania. It is said that he spent three years in solitary confinement. This confinement was in a cell 12 feet underground with no lights and no windows. There was no sound coming from the outside world. He later recounted that he maintained his sanity by sleeping during the day, staying awake at night, and exercising his mind and soul by composing and then delivering a sermon each night. Due to his extraordinary memory, he was able to recall more than 350 sermons you know, a selection of which he included in his book called With God in Solitary Confinement. Can you imagine three years, you know, 12 feet down in a solitary confinement, no windows, no lights, being there. During part of, his, of this time, he later wrote about communicating with other inmates by tapping out what you call it, Morse code on the wall. And he learned this language of tapping on the wall and talking to the other inmates. And through that, he said he preached gospel to those people. And he was a great encouragement, a sunlight in the midst of the darkness. Wurmbrand was released from his first imprisonment in 1956. After eight and a half years, 
Although he was warned not to preach, he resumed his work in the underground church. He was arrested again in 1959 and sentenced to 25 years of imprisonment. 25 years of imprisonment. And during his imprisonment, he was beaten and tortured. He stated that his physical torture included mutilation, burning, and being locked in a large frozen icebox. His body bore the scars of physical torture for the rest of his life, and that's why whenever he was preaching, he couldn't stand, but he had to sit and preach. For example, he later recounted having the soles of his feet beaten until the flesh was torn off. Then the next day, beaten again to the bone, claiming there were no words to describe that pain. During his first imprisonment, Rundbrand's supporters you know, his supporters tried to find out you know, about him, where he is and his whereabouts, but they couldn't find his whereabouts. And the secret services, you know, they sent some people to Sabina, that is his wife, you know, pretending to be the prison inmates, and they falsely said that he is dead, they attended his funeral. And later, officially, a letter was sent to her saying that he was dead, but he was not dead, he was in the prison. Can you imagine the plot of this family? And later, Sabina herself was arrested and she was in three years in prison. Three years in prison. And I recall she was sharing the testimony in that meeting where I was. You know, very, they hardly had any food to eat and many times when they were so hungry, so weak and hungry, that they even ate the insects in the cell. And the people were told, they had a son, and the people were told not to feed that son, not to encourage him or not to meet him. But after 14 years, Richard Rundbrand was released from that prison. And you know what? He went around preaching the gospel with his wife. And his ministry grew. Many people were blessed. Many people were encouraged. Many people suffered. But they had some role model to follow. That if this man could follow, we can suffer. We can also go through this. Now, he was, I would say, a true disciple of Jesus. Even though he was hurt, even though he was going through pain, even though there was no hope for him, he didn't give up on following Jesus. The question we need to ask is this. How many of us when we praise God, we live in a country that we don't have to go through all this persecution. But how many of us, we will follow him in the midst of all the pain and suffering?
Even for that matter, the little things that we go through in life, the challenges in life, how much are we faithful to our Lord and Savior? You know, the scripture says in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 35 to 14, it says there were others who were tortured, refusing to be released so that they, may, they might gain an even better resurrection. Same face, jeers and flogging and even chains and imprisonment. They were put to death by stoning. They were sawed in two. They were killed by the sword. They went about in sheepskins and goatskins, destitute, persecuted and mistreated. The world was not worthy of them. They wandered in deserts and mountains, living in caves and in holes in the ground. They were all commended for their faith, yet none of them received what he had been promised. Since God had planned something better for us. Better for us. This is the testimony of all the faithful saints of God who have gone through suffering in the past. You know, the days we are living in right now, we are comfortable, everything is good. We never know in the coming days and future what challenges we have to face. People of God, the question we need to ask is this, am I a disciple or a follower? A disciple is willing to give his life for Jesus Christ. The next thing is, what is the goal of a disciple? The goal of a disciple, stated by Jesus himself, to be like his or her teacher. Luke chapter 6 verse 40 says, A disciple is not above his teacher, but everyone who is perfectly trained will be like his teacher. And then, it is to be conformed to the image of his son. Romans 8, 29 says, For whom he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son. You know, God has chosen you. God has called you to be like Jesus. To be conformed to the image of Jesus. Amen? Are you happy? Do you want to be like Jesus? And that is the goal of a disciple. What is the marks of a disciple? Let's few, see a few of them. The marks of a disciple is the first one is to abide in Jesus' words. To abide in his word. That's the mark of a disciple. What does that mean? You know, it means to study his word to read his word, to meditate his word, to memorize his word, to apply that word into his life. That is what it means to abide in the words of Jesus. Jesus said in 8.31, Then Jesus said to those Jews who believed him, If you abide in my word, you are my disciples indeed. 
you are my disciples if you abide in my word are you a disciple or a follower then book of james chapter 1 verse 22 to 20 21 to 22 says therefore lay aside all filthiness and overflow of wickedness and receive with meekness the implanted word which is able to save your souls but be doers of the word and not hearers only deceiving yourself you know when we just hear the word and when we don't do it the scripture says we deceive ourselves we deceive ourselves and the bible says that with meekness let's receive the implanted word what is the mark of a disciple to abide in jesus's word and then the second mark of a disciple is a disciple who loves one another who loves one another amen not only your fellow believers but your neighbors your friends people in your workplace business you know bible doesn't say you need to like someone bible says you need to love someone even if you don't like them bible calls us to love them john chapter 13 verse 34 to 35 jesus said a new commandment i give to you that you love one another as i have loved you that you also love one another by this all will know why what people will know by this all will know that you are what my disciples if you have love for one another are you a disciple or a follower it's not easy when someone says something to you when someone offends you when someone hurts you it's not easy but bible says to love you know a long time back maybe some of you know this story this is back in india in this place of pimpri chinchwad where we were living the neighbor that we had was not easy neighbor a hindu family and they were not easy very tough that lady of that house she was possessed with demons and she would manifest time and again and we could hear many times the scream shouting and you know and many times we used to just lay hands on the wall and pray for that person lord deliver this person and she was very that family was very not nice to us you know they would say all kinds of foul things to us and even few times in our garden you know they threw human excreta and you know rubbish and all those kind of stuff and whenever we used to go out she would curse us but we always prayed for them and there was a time you know or nobody liked in that full 
area that nobody liked them. Few times they had been to the police station, you know, in prison. And nobody liked them. Nobody wanted to talk to them. And there was a time when they had no money and the electricity, the power supply was cut. And their son, he was giving a very important exam, you know, equivalent to G GCSE. And we went and approached them and we said to them, you know, would you like to come in our house? We got, you know, electricity, power, light. Would you like to come and study in our house? And we showed love to them and, you know, and we even offered food and all those kind of stuff. And in all their opposition, we were just showing love to them. And you know, something happened in their heart. When we finished our journey in that place, and as we were leaving, this family came to us and said, sorry. We are so sorry for what we have done to you. You know, you are the only family, in spite of all, all our aggressiveness and all the things that we did against you, you never reacted, you never showed hatred towards us, you never said anything against us, but only thing you did was you showed love to us. And that's what Jesus asks of us, to show love to one another. Amen? To our fellow brothers and sisters, and to people around us. And that's what Jesus says, by this all will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. And then the mark of a disciple is to bear much fruit. John 15, 8 says, by this my Father is glorified that you bear much fruit so you will be my disciples. So Jesus, he calls us to bear much fruit. Now that fruit <clears throat> can be this, Galatians 5, 22, 23. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Where we bear this fruit in our life. And also Jesus said. In Matthew chapter 5 verse 16. Let your light so shine before men. That they may see your good works. And glorify your father in heaven. First Peter chapter 2 verse 12. Having your conduct honorable among the Gentiles. That when they speak against you as evildoers, they, they may, by your good works, which they observe, glorify God in the day of visitation. Jesus wants us to bear much fruit. Not only the fruit of the Spirit, but also the other things that we do in the church and in the community. And when we do those things, the good works, you know, people will look at us and say, hey, these are the disciples of Jesus Christ. 
The scripture also says in John 15 verse 1 to 2, I'm the true vine, thank you. And my father is a wine dresser, and every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that bears fruit, he prunes, that it may bear more fruit. Without Jesus, you cannot bear fruit. Jesus said in John 15, abide in me and I'll abide in you. Without me, you can do nothing. So people of God, if you want to bear fruit in your life, if you want to be that disciple, abide in Jesus. And that's the place to be in. And lastly, I want to say is this, the cost of being a disciple Luke chapter 14, verse 25 to 26. Now great multitudes went with him, and he turned and said to them, If anyone comes to me and does not hate his father and mother, wife and children, brothers and sisters, yes, and his own life also, he cannot be my disciple. Luke 14, verse 27 says, And whoever does not bear his cross and come after me cannot be my disciple. Jesus calls us to carry the cross. What does that mean? Whenever things go tough, whenever you are tempted to be angry and wanted to do something wrong, or whenever you are tempted, you know, to do sin against God, that's where you say to yourself, say no to yourself and say yes to God. Lord, I choose to carry your cross and not yield to the desires of my flesh. But I say yes to you. Carry that cross. And Jesus said, whoever does not bear his cross and come after me cannot be my disciple. You know, Revelation 2.10 says, be faithful until death and I will give you the crown of life. I long for that. I want that crown of life. Do you? Do you? The question is, are you a disciple or a follower? A disciple bears much fruit. Disciple loves one another. Disciple abides in his word abides in him. A disciple carries the cross and denies himself and is faithful until end. And not only that, he also calls us to make disciples. You know, that's what he told Paul said to Timothy, and the things that you have heard from me among many witnesses, commit this to faithful men who will be able to teach others also. Church, I want you to encourage this. Not only that you become a disciple of Jesus Christ, but also make disciples of others. You know, whether it is in life group, whether it is your friends or family, you know, let us learn to be that witness. Let us learn to disciple one another, encourage one another, pray with one another, study, of, study God's word with one another. Amen? And I'm telling you, when we do that, 
there will be a great change. There will be a great revival. You know, I always say this, let not church become a club where we just come, enjoy, get entertained, go back, do our own things in the weekdays, and then come again on Sundays and enjoy, be blessed, and go back, do our own things. Every day of our life should be a life of a disciple. Whether you're in the church or in your workplace, wherever you are, let us be those disciples. Let us bring that impact. And God is calling us to be his disciple, not followers. Amen? Shall we all close our eyes? Thank you, Jesus. Worship you. Worship you, Jesus. As the music is played, you know, let's just ponder on the things that I just shared to you. There were many points. But the key thing is that we need to ask is, Am I a disciple or a follower? A disciple wants to be like his master. And he does it not because he will gain anything. He does it because he loves his master. Do we love him? Do we love him so much so that we are willing to give anything that he demands of us. Let me tell you, we are not going to live on this earth forever. There will be a time which is appointed for all of us to meet our Master and Savior. Would you like to hear from our Master those words, Come, my faithful servant. Enjoy the kingdom of God. I would like to hear those words. You might be sitting here pondering about your own life, asking yourself, have I been a true disciple of Jesus Christ? Maybe you have gone through failures. Maybe in the past, there's some things happened which were not good. One good news is this, in Christ we always have second chance. He never rejects us. In spite of our failures, in spite of our fallings, His hands are always stretched out towards us to pull us out of that pit. A righteous may fall seven times, but he rises up again. 
this morning or this afternoon make this decision or let this be your prayer Lord I want to be your true disciple I don't want to be a follower I want to be a disciple because I love you and I want to be like you I want to be conformed to the image of Jesus Christ and praise God he has not left us alone but he has given us his Holy Spirit His Holy Spirit is here to help you, to strengthen you, to fill you, to guide you. So Lord, I pray right now, fill your people with your Holy Spirit and bring us that revelation, what it means to be a disciple of you and what it means to make disciples of all nations Lord I pray work in our lives till Christ be glorified thank you Jesus we bless your holy name Lord bless your holy name